Ladies and jelly spoons, welcome to Truth, Love, and Peace. I think this is episode number seven. Uh, less important, here with me is Olivia Searcy. Hello. And uh, we are setting up our Facebook Live so people can talk to us. But we wanted to have our audio first, so we will uh, we'll get this up and running. Let me take this off so I can type into it real quick. And like I said, Truth, Love, and Peace, number six which just blows me away and thank you so much for for coming out early yeah of course it is my day off also your day off what mm -hmm. do you what do you do when it's not your day off oh, I, I work all day <laughs> you work yes. who does that of course <laughs> where do you work miles antique mall miles antique mall the largest antique mall in florida it's the size of two football fields. What have I never been to this place? That sounds awesome. I didn't even know it existed until like a year ago, to be honest. All right. Public post truth, love, and peace. Here we go. Starting live video. Dun, 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 dun. It's too close. Uh -oh. I'll back this up a little bit. Something like that. Too far away to read the comments, but who cares? Did you find it on my Facebook page? Yes. Awesome. Wonderful. So. The reason that we are taking a moment to set all this up is because we are hanging out before the Back Porch Comedy Open Mic. I just shared it to the Back Porch Comedy page. That's okay, you can do That's that fine. too. My bad. As we're promoting all of that, uh, which you are a founding member of. Yes. Which thank you doubly for not only writing great comedy, but also creating something that I can come try really hard to be a comedian at. Because we can't see you at all. Oh, that's okay, we don't need to see me. Fuck. <laughs> just go lean in. Yeah, I'll just Tits stay on the table. right here. Right. I'll just stay right here. I guess there's probably a way for me to do one of these. For anyone watching, I'm not trying to be rude. Being on my phone, I'm trying to post anyway. this to my page. Ooh, watch out for the wine. Oh, sorry. It's this yeah, shitty that's, table. That's a problem, yeah. I, uh... Oh, yeah, YouTube. So, we need the last little bit. Uh is to set up the camera to YouTube and then we will get into it because I want to know lots of things lots and lots of things oh there's a camera oh, I love it when it gets close the anticipation is the building it's like being on Willy Wonka's boat Oh, and there we are. Dun, da, da, da. It's only allowing me to be back porch comedy. Why is that? Who knows? Actually, I can probably help you figure it out. If can just second, let me put this on YouTube. If you go to, um, it should be. Yeah, right there. Sure. To Facebook. Are you logged in? Oh, that's 
uh, Samsung, I know hardly anything. I don't either. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm not a phone person. Oh, that's okay. We'll see if I can get back to Facebook in a minute and uh, and tag you in it. Or how about this? If there is anyone watching this on Facebook, uh, tag Olivia in the comments, please and thank you, and uh, see if that will will help her backdoor it. That should be awesome. That should be awesome. So truth, love, and peace, number six, and we can go back and change. All that later. There we go. Starting the encode. Dun 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 dun. Let's see what this little fellow's doing. And it looks like somebody did get you uh, tagged in that. Which is wonderful. It's not letting me do anything. There we go. Thank you, Alfred. Thanks, Alfred. Where'd he go, Alfred? You're a hero. I'm not sure if the camera is gonna hold out for YouTube or not. It's uh, it's trying really hard. But it keeps dying. We'll see. Sometimes these connections get messed up and uh, and things get weird like that. Dying out. Oh, not saying I did download the Facebook app. <laughs> I'm sorry, content. We don't have time for that. No. People will still That's watch it. It's quite all right. It's quite all right. Uh, we have the audio and we have the Facebook live, so the rest of it is kind of superfluous. Um, so yeah, back porch comedy. Um, this is gonna try and drive me nuts. Stop that. Oh, I thought you were telling me to stop no. tapping my feet. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. This this little fella is gonna drive me nuts. Why would you do this to me right now? Oh well. How humiliating. I know, right? In the middle of all of that. That's all right. Facebook Live's there. The audio is there. Oh, I bet I know what the problem is. While I'm rebooting this, I would like to know how you guys started Back Porch Comedy and when it started and how you got involved. Uh, well, comedy's there's been a comedy scene here that's kind of like on and off for years now, maybe like 15 years, I want to say. I don't know if that's exact. But um, Tony was one of the first people, him and Kirby, mm -hmm. um, one of the first ones that were doing comedy. And then the scene kind of died, jumped around different places. Matt Mosley, he's been in the comedy scene for a long time. Mm -hmm. He actually has the longest running open mic, which is when he does at Shooters. Yep. I think it's been like seven years now or something like that. Um, and there used to be someone else that uh, was in charge of booking and putting everything together here at the Back Porch Bar and Grill, when it used mm -hmm. to be the Big Easy Tavern, and... How long ago was that? That was probably, when I first started, I think he'd been doing it for like two years or something at that point. That was Bubs Harris, and mm -hmm. then they got new owners, and that's when it turned into Back Porch Bar and Grill, and then Bubs got busy with life pretty much, and so me and Tony, and Jason, and Jess, Tony's wife, and Zach, 
we all just kind of came together as a group. Um, so we're all kind of co-founders of it. And we, because we were the ones that still came out. Like this scene used to be, it was like a dying scene pretty much. Like we'd have five comics and then maybe if you're lucky, you know, five people in the audience. And not, open, not only for like open mics, but even for every shows we had. And once we worked together as a team, like the five of us, it just slowly started growing, and then Pensacola News Journal came out after doing an article about us. And ever since then, it just kind of blew up, and more people were knowing about it. We just got really good at promoting it because we worked together, and it became something, and it's still growing. And now we're branching out to different venues, and it's been awesome. Heck yeah, man. What are all the venues Back Porch is in? Okay, so mainly Back Porch Barn Grill, mm -hmm. uh, a.k.a. the Old Big Z Tavern, a.k.a. the uh, basement of the Days in Lobby. Very classy. Um, <laughs> Appropriate. So this is our main place, and then we do the once-a-month shows at Chizuko, which we've been doing since this past summer. And then Jason got us uh, the Olive Drop, so we've been doing that for several months. Um, I think occasionally in the past we've done the Handlebar, um, trying to think of where else Back Porch does comedy. I think that might be it. That's a good list so far. Yeah. That's a good list so far. The Olive Drop, I missed uh, Olive Drop yesterday, uh, unfortunately. Did, um, were you there? I night? was there, and I went there for the first one, but I was exhausted from work, so I didn't go up that night, but I was there. I left early. I didn't go last week, but this Monday was the third open mic they've had, and it was just me and Carol and Tony and Zach and Jason and Ryan. Yeah, so it was just the five of us, and we had a good crowd. Good, um, good. Smaller yeah, than what we were expecting, but there's probably like, there's maybe like six people in the audience, and then like the six of us, so That's very small crowd, but it was somebody. And uh, there was this older couple that was our main audience, and that was fun. They were a hoot, but it went well. Good. Heck yeah, man. Now I'm even more sorry that I didn't make it. I, uh, I hate that. I hate that. I got some fun new stuff I'm going to try out tonight, too, so it should be good. So, um, Bag Porch Comedy, if you're in the area, uh, Palafox and Cervantes, the basement of the day is in, starting at... Nine is sign up. Nine thirty is the most. Nine, start, right? uh, well, eight thirty, nine ish. Yeah, that's the sign up. We all kind of get here early. Come down early. Hang early. out with us. Yeah, because everyone wants to get a good spot, so everyone tries to get here early. Yeah. Um, and then it starts at nine thirty, usually on the dot. In the past, it used to start like at ten thirty. When we said it would start at nine, we were just kind of waiting. That's no fun. And waiting for people to show up. But um, yes, yeah, so nine thirty every Tuesday, and then every Friday at nine thirty also. Nice. I like that. So let's just go, and if they miss it, that's their fault. Mm -hmm. Make them get here earlier, mm -hmm. which is good. So, formalities aside, and uh, and comedy aside, uh, what'd you do before you got into stand-up comedy? What um, what I do? What do you take seriously? Okay. Well, I am born and raised in Pensacola, mm -hmm. and I moved away. You know, I went to Tallahassee. I went to FSU. I was there for three and a half years. And my next door neighbors were stand-up comedians. So that's how I got into it. <laughs> and I would go to their shows and I'm like, wow, I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. So whenever I graduated, I kind of felt like I didn't end up using my degree. I realized it's not what I wanted to do. I went to school for environmental science. Yeah. And it just made me depressed, to be honest. And I was like, I just, you know, and like I just got out of a long relationship of six years. My boyfriend and I broke up, and that's the only boyfriend I ever had, and all my friends were going off and doing these great things, they knew what they wanted to do, and I was just moving back home, I felt like a failure, 
And I've always been like a super shy person, like incredibly shy. That's why people are always shocked when they find out I'm doing stand-up, or at least they were when they first found out. But yeah, when I moved back here, it's just like, you know, I'm gonna do something I never thought I'd ever do before, and you know, kind of um, break out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So I started doing stand-up, and I came up here, and there's maybe three comics, a few people in the audience, and like one of my best friends, and her mom and stepdad, they showed up to support me. And uh, I got hooked ever since that first time I went up. I've been back every single week. And like, it's, that was definitely like a pinnacle point in my life because I've become, a, I've transformed because of it. And it's made me a better person. And I love it. It's a huge part of my life. That's great. So I really feel like I just, I had nothing before that. And now, like, this is what I do. This is what I was meant to do. At least that's what it feels like. That's very cool. I, yeah, I just have to say thanks again because because of all of y'all, I got to have that same experience and walk mm -hmm. into something. And the, the same thing, the first time I got up there and did it and got a laugh, hooked immediately. And I can see that. And that's why I love that, like, you know, me, Tony, Zach, Jason, Jess, we all came together and, like, made this into a thing because I love that all these new people are coming out. And, like, when I see them, like, trying it the first time, and just seeing that transformation in them, like, even in Carol, like, Carol's doing awesome. Like, she's only been doing it for two months now, and she's really? doing great. When Charlie first started, Charlie kicked ass the first time she went up. It was awesome. awesome. And, like, I just love seeing that confidence build in other people, and I like them having fun. I like that the group's getting bigger, and, and I just I enjoy it. I do too. I do too. It's, uh, it's awesome. It's something I feel like I should have been doing a long, long time ago. Yeah. Um, it's it's been a good time. It's been a really good time. So what, um, if you, I can't do that math that quickly. But how have has your comedy developed? How does has the comedy you write developed since you started to now? I honestly don't even know how I even like started writing jokes. It just it was just these stupid stupid ideas. Like one of my first jokes ever was like advice to give girls like if they started their period out in public yeah. like you'd be like oh like I just sat in some ketchup I'm so clumsy or uh yeah I uh, don't worry about that I just uh, cut my pussy earlier when I'm shaving it <laughs> like something really stupid like that that was my first joke and I actually remember Alfred was in the audience yeah my first time going up and I just remember him sitting in the front row I didn't even know he was a conk at the time he had his arms crossed and he was just like <laughs> shaking his head and like giggling to himself because it was like the most dorkiest, like stupid joke I ever. It was my first joke. A lot of my first ones I don't use at all anymore, um, except for the dildo girl one. That one yeah. is a that's a staple. Yeah, it's, uh, it's come a long way, and I've added to it over the years. Yeah, my comedy is basically just anything that I can think of. I carry around a notebook with me constantly. I write down every single idea I have because I'm very forgetful and I'm very spacey, mm -hmm. and I know I'm going to forget it and it's going to be gone forever out of my mind. But like. I just don't even know if I can explain the structure of it. I guess a lot of it is just me like talking about my insecurities and making mm -hmm. light of it. And like in the end, I feel better about it, and I just don't give a fuck at all about them, <laughs> which is great. That's why I'm saying like this has yeah. helped me become a better person doing comedy. Um, a lot of it's observational comedy too, not necessarily political, mm. you know, or philosophical or anything like that. It's just whatever comes to my mind. So yeah, it's basically just about my insecurities, and then just observational, and then storytelling. Heck yeah. I, uh, the, the Doug Stanhope uh, thing comes to mind where he, um, what you were saying reminded me of when he said, 
Why are people still talking about that? I did that bit like seven years ago. Mm-hmm. I thought we solved that problem. Yeah. What are uh, What are your your jokes that you're like people really people are still talking about that? I had that one that was really good. I thought we solved that. Do you have any that come to mind in that I category? I feel like I've definitely been in that same situation before, but I can't remember which ones it, where it was. Um, well, what's it like to to have something like that come back around and just be like, really this again? Yeah, that, that one. Um, well, I mean, I can't really describe that, I guess, if I can't remember which one it was exactly. I know I've been in that situation before, for sure. Um, yeah, I've had people be like, oh, I really like your Bigfoot joke, but mm-hmm. I, I haven't done that one in months. I mean, I did. May, I maybe wrote that one, like, maybe a year ago and haven't done it in a while, where it's like, you know, when you get out of the shower and you mm-hmm. don't have a towel, does anyone ever feel like Bigfoot when they're, like, crossing the hallway? Like, oh, I hope they didn't see me. <laughs> stupid. Still funny. Stupid joke. Still fun. Yeah, I've had people be like, yeah, that's my favorite one. I'm like, most people don't even get it, but all right. <laughs> so aside from comedy, what um, what else what else do you get into? Um, um, I used to be really into pottery. Pottery? Like uh, making your own pottery? Yeah, or like, collecting pottery? most of my dishes in my, at my house, um, all my mugs and plates and bowls, I've made them myself. Sweet. Uh, I used to make water fountains. I used to be really into it, and then I started getting lazy and you know depression doesn't help either you just kind of yeah. stop doing things you love yeah unless you push yourself to do it that's why i love comedy because you don't need you know clay or anything or mm-hmm. you know supplies you can just go up and do it so i'm glad i still have that going but um that is something i want to get back into um i also i do music i yeah. play instruments and play? occasionally write songs Piano, guitar, learning so drums. Nice. I got a banjo. I'm learning to play banjo. Pretty much anything with strings on it, I can play. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anything with strings. Like, I say that about brass, but I'm jealous. I can't play guitar and I can't play piano because my left hand doesn't work. Oh. Well. How long have you been playing? And uh, do you ever playing... play out anywhere? Or? No. Um, yeah. I want to. I plan on it because I was cool. actually here at the Back Porch Bar and Grill for jam night last night. Me and yeah. Ryan and Zach came out to it. And... I didn't realize how awesome it was. Like, basically, it's an open mic, mm-hmm. and they have all the instruments there, and you can go up, and you can start playing a song, and if someone knows the drums to it, they can go up and start playing the drums. If someone knows, like, the lyrics to it, they can start singing to it. I didn't go up, because I was already trashed by that point when I got there, but, like, I definitely want to, like, me and Zach both want to get together and practice and, like, work up to, like, actually playing there Sweet. one night. That but, sounds uh, like fun. Yeah, I've been playing guitar, uh, guitar since I was 13. Piano since I was five. And those just those are the main ones I play. Um, I pitched in to buy a drum set with a few friends that we get to keep at my house. Nice. So it's basically mine. Um, <laughs> so I've been learning drums, and that's a lot of fun. Get a lot of stress and anger out by doing that. Um, and then, other than all that, the hobbies. I just I work. I work full time at Miles Antique Mall. Um, it's not necessarily a passion of mine, it's just kind of a job that I have right now. Mm-hmm. And I like it because I used to work in kitchens for years. Yeah. And I was never really fond of that. I just kind of like did it because it was a job whenever I moved back. Mm-hmm. And then I got sucked into it yeah. for seven years. Um, but yeah, I'm just other than that, I'm just kind of boring, I guess. Nah, I'm lazy. Nah, that's not true. <laughs> I, well, I, uh, I know a thing or two about being lazy. I love being lazy. I think everybody strives to be lazy for at least a little while, right? I don't. Like, isn't that the goal? Of vacation is just who I am. Like I, yeah, have a nice dining room table, you know, but I always eat in bed. With my and I got like a <laughs> living room with a TV, but like 
I had a friend make a comment. She's like, wow, you know, like, your living room is always so clean. The rest of my house is always, like, really messy. Mm -hmm. Like, my dining room and living room are always, like, pristine. I'm like, yeah, because I'm never in there. I'm always, like, <laughs> in bed with my laptop, like, eating a pizza, using my Tempur-Pedic bed as a table. <laughs> That's great. I, uh, I laid out blankets the other day so I could sleep in the same room as the television. Oh, so okay. I'm right there Not with a couch you. Anything. I do. I just was really lazy and kind of felt like yeah. camping. Yeah, I had. Well, it was really really cold, and I had my sleeping bag and uh, my cat, and really I was really into this show on the Anunnaki and uh, and history. That's kind of I've oh, been okay. eating yeah. that up lately. Not that I'm a firm believer in it, in aliens coming and visiting this planet, but I'm real big into history, and so. I have Love a very question everything mentality, so I feel like that's yeah. up my alley for sure. I. Basically, what I'm trying to say is like, I get lost on YouTube. And I think, what do you, you like? Know, what do you like? What do you I like? love all the <laughs> conspiracy videos, and I know Tony can relate to this. Yeah. <laughs> Tony and I, we bounce back and forth this all the time. I love all the reptilian stuff. Yeah. Uh, gnome spotted, and like Venezuela, stuff like that. Just Where like do you weirdest, come up with gnome spotted? It just pops up. It just, oh. like, I, that's what I'm saying. I, could get, I go down the rabbit hole, and I end up spending like four hours looking up. Probably mostly fake stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. As long as it's entertaining. As long as it's entertaining. Well, because even when I go and, and try and find stuff on the, that borders on the ancient alien stuff, trying to piece out what uh, what's what's real and, and what you can explain or rationalize or whatever versus what isn't, um, it's healthy. Like it's part. I think it's good to exercise the brain in that way. And uh, so even if you're you're watching stuff on fairies, which there are. There's a reason that people talk about fairies historically because that's like there was some unexplained shit that mm -hmm. people needed to explain, and that was the best they could do. Well, there so was a did. story of those girls that claimed to have seen fairies. I wish I could remember the time period this happened in. I want to say like, well, whenever there was a camera, I want to say like shortly after, like you know, the first camera, or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, these girls said they saw fairies, and they had these pictures, and like for years and years, people like were believing that, and then they. Years later, found out they were fake. That these girls they cut out pictures and like glued it. I don't know how they didn't figure that out sooner. <laughs> but like a lot of people believed in fairies for a while because of that, because of two. That's great. Girls lying about it. Well, that's like the uh, the scene in Jaws where the kids cruising around with mm -hmm. fake, you know, people been been playing pranks for a really long time. But in fairy tales, you know, like the the fairy rings and uh, and things of that nature, and then uh, Graham Hancock did a, a really good article if anybody wants to, to really dive off the deep end on on this one uh, about fairies and elves and gnomes and something like that oh Facebook live wants to go bye-bye what time oh. is it what time is it it is almost eight almost eight well if that goes down then we will just switch over and uh, do something different. Okay. With a video, no big deal. Anyway, um, yeah, so fairies and gnomes and dwarves and all that good stuff it reminds me of Lord of the Rings, even though some of it has uh, has some good history in it. Do you get into Lord of the Rings at all? Just a curious. I do. I mean, I'm not like, you know, I, won't, I don't super nerd out about it, but I love that movie. Mm -hmm. Never the book, but I mean, I really love the movie. The movies were really good. Do you remember the uh, Simon and Garfunkel soundtrack, uh, Animated Hobbit? At all. Yes, I owned that on VHS. And oh. I watched that like all the time as a kid. I'm yeah. so jealous. You still own it? Like you know where it is? You put no, your hands on it? my mom's like OCD, so she yeah. got she probably got rid of that years oh. ago. And we used to have all the little rascals on VHS, Ooh, like every single one. That's a great and, like, collection. She got rid of all that. I know. 
Man, that's unfortunate. No, she gets rid of everything. She even threw away like all my artwork one time. And I had to go through the trash and get it. Well, and, like, what kind of artwork? Like art, like stuff I did in art class. I was actually really good in school, like, even in high school. Like all my high school, like work from high school. She's just super OCD. Just wants to get rid of everything all the time. It's constantly that's... cleaning. Oh man, she was a handful. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine the opposite of a pack rat. See, that's hot. That's me now. That's me rebelling. I'm a pack rat now. Yeah. yeah. Tupperware containers everywhere. Just the lids, yeah. Just <laughs> I don't the know lids. where everything else is. <laughs> That's great. I've got a junk room. Everybody's got a junk drawer, a junk room. Can't something. even open the door. But, Can't uh, even open the door. So borderline hoarder. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't have like rotting pumpkins, like dead animals hiding other stuff. I don't have like okay. passages, but like I keep stuff. Yeah. But I finally cleaned today. I got rid of all the mail that has been stacking up. For a year now, but um, yeah. Well, the other Not term like for hoarder that. is uh, is historian, mm -hmm. you know, or uh, or archaeologist. I think it's just uh, being resourceful because literally anytime mm -hmm. anyone needs anything, I'm like, hey, I've got, got one that. Of these. Here you go. Yeah, that came up the other day. We were talking about um, in in some cultures they keep a junk pile like uh, on their roof. So if you oh, need if you need smart. a piece of scrap metal or some glass or something like that, uh, they they've got it and. It's, not a junkyard, just a, it's a stuff pile. It's a stuff pile. So yeah, that's uh, it's handy. And then you end up with Antiques Roadshow, and mm -hmm. people make tons of money on that because you never know what what you save. That's why keeping up with history is important because you, you know never know what's going to happen. Anytime I have like gotten rid of something, like anytime I, I've had friends like force me to like mm -hmm. throw stuff away. I had a friend one time that like backed his truck up to my apartment complex where my balcony was, and he just started throwing things into his truck. <laughs> Like, without even asking me. I had, like, broken furniture that I was like, no, I'm going to fix it one day. I'm going to fix it. And then, like, you know, I don't. It just sits there. And he was, like, throwing away all my stuff. And um, I forgot where I was going with that. I'm sorry. That's right. I was going to ask, <laughs> what other conspiracy theories that you like? I wanted to go back to that. Uh, reptilians. Love watching that. Who do you uh, like from reptilian theory? Because, uh, well, yeah, who do you like? Where do, where do you... I just watch myself? all of them, like the Alex Jones talking about it. Um, Alex Jones, hilarious. Uh, why am I having a brain fart right now? Uh, Ike, David Ike. Yeah. 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 And then uh, what's the other guy? David Good is the guy that I turned Tony onto with. Uh, I'm not familiar with him. I mean, I might have stumbled upon stuff before. Probably. Have seen Literally, it. I just go through whatever pops up and like, just let it keep playing. Yeah. So, have you heard any? Have Have you gotten to any of the stories of the reptiles in Mesoamerican history? Like the what are they called? The uh, the um. No, the I don't. Amor know. Amorettes or something like that. Amorette. Anyway. Uh, in Mesoamerica, in ancient Mesoamerica, they talk about this reptilian, this was the, the, I think it was the Olmecs talk about how it was the land of the reptiles, and there's statues and iconographies to to the like. So, it's wow. not even a new phenomenon. I need to watch that one when I yeah. get home. So, right. if you're into modern reptilian conspiracy theories, you got to go back and watch the ancient stuff, too. Because uh, there's one in Japan, as well. There are a couple of them. Which blows me away, and then you hear people talking about it in modern times, and you're like... Oh man, if this is one of those rarities that Jones is right about, what's the world coming to? But then you look around and you're like, okay, maybe there's some cold, heartless people out there. It's possible, which is mind blowing. But oh, then aliens, of it, course. I watch a bunch of stuff about aliens. Do tell um, which ones you like. Which one is one of the latest documentaries I watch is talking about how like the Sphinx and like all these other like 
huge landmarks are all like facing each other. Okay. Have you? Uh, I can't. I'm real familiar with the okay. Sphinx and, okay. and the layout. Yeah, they're all built. They're, even though they're like you know overseas from each other, they're all built to where they're all facing like the Sphinx. Like they're all facing mm. one point, and that's just so bizarre. Mm-hmm. It's people who never even like came into contact with each other. How would they know mm-hmm. to do that? That can't just be a coincidence. And mm-hmm. if it is a coincidence, it's a really fucking crazy coincidence. Uh, yeah, Graham Hancock is one of the guys that just to go back to people that I know that talk about this stuff. Um, that talks about those theories, like uh, the, uh, what are they called? The Moai in East, on Easter Island, the big heads, they all look to the interior of the island and up and are all oriented in certain directions. And then there are other statues uh, in Mesoamerica that are, or Mesoamerica is the one I'm most familiar with right now because I've been listening to a lot of that. And they're, but again, they're ordered uh, and oriented to the east looking towards what the stories call Atlantis. Uh, but then you see the the ley lines. Have you got like that's messed up. Have you seen anything on on how the ley lines Atlantis, tie in to yeah. everything being mm-hmm. oriented yeah. together? That's so fascinating. It is. Because it's true. And another thing that you see across cultures is uh, these face tattoos. The and the are you familiar with Gobekli Tepe at all? No. Okay, so Gobekli Tepe, 12,500 years old, as far as they can tell, based on the carbon dating of the fill material around this megalithic site that's 50 times the size of Stonehenge that was intentionally buried by the indigenous people. Blows the modern paradigm out of the water. Like, all of that is counter to everything people know. And so they start looking into this stuff, and they find these connections between the aboriginals in Australia uh, that tie into these these pan-cultural phenomenon that are seen all over the place in, in, these, uh, in the building styles and in all this other stuff. And it is wildly fascinating. It's wildly fascinating. But it very quickly gets into the Masons and then some, like, how has so much of this history been conflated with possible conspiracy theory mm-hmm. and just lost? Because some of the conspiracy theory stuff is not... Not even that far out there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, it's been been proven. Like uh, the chemtrails thing. You see that recently? Yes. And basically, when I, when I earlier when I was saying like I have a very you know question everything mentality. Like I I claim to know nothing because that's what Socrates said. He said mm-hmm. claiming nothing that's like claiming you know nothing is pure wisdom. Mm-hmm. This is true. Like we mm-hmm. don't know what could happen. At, you know. I look at my cell phone, I'm like, this is magic, I can't, <laughs> I can't believe this exists, and you know, most people are just like, yeah, cell phone, whatever, everyday thing, like, everyone knows what a cell phone is, like, I don't, I still, I'm still amazed, like, by the cell phone and, like, the modern technology we have, and I feel like so many people are just so used to having it around, they don't, they're not fascinated with it anymore, yeah. and, like, I, like, like, I feel like anything that anyone has doubts about right now, like, you know, hundreds of years ago, no one would ever thought of, of us having a cell phone, you know? Mm-hmm. So you never know what could happen. Very true. Very true. What do you think's coming next? Mm. From the cell phone standpoint, with our, I mean, that ties into artificial intelligence and some of the conspiracy theories that are coming out about AI and cryptocurrency are kind of interesting. I think that humans are slowly going to morph into AIs yeah. because there's plastic, microplastic, all in our water, anyways. And like we're already like you know, using prosthetics, plastic and metal in our bodies. Mm-hmm. We are slowly morphing yeah. into robots, Compton, yeah. and that is like one of my biggest fears. 
Whew. I'm still human, but I'm working. I've never life. actually said that out loud to anybody. I don't know why I have an alarm clock going off at 8:05. I'm okay. sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> that reminds me of the scene out of Superman where they they get eaten by the computer and turned into cyborgs. Um, and and cyborg is a good it's a good option. There are a lot of people that agree with you and say that the, that's where we're headed. But plastic from the inside out, man. That's a that's and a, that's just a new because one. the like earth it. is falling apart, like you know, with climate change and everything, like our like. You know, everyone's getting skin cancer because we can't handle, like, you know, uh, the sun anymore. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we're eventually just going to be, we're not going to have our own, like, organs anymore because our bodies can't handle this environment now. Yeah. We're, we're slowly getting to that point. It's freaky. But it's, it's so realistic. When I think about it, like, it's very realistic. Well, and that's one of the things that I think separates us or is that AI is going to teach us is that the only thing that we're really special uh, in regards to is not being able to think because computers are going to be able to do that better yeah. than us, no doubt. Um, but the fact that we can be connected to nature and think mm-hmm. is going to be the only thing we've got left. I know. So we're going to have to go back the other way, I think. That's why like, I always tell people I think it's important to have like a good equilibrium. Like You know mm-hmm. what? Like I think it's important to adapt you know, to like modern technology, but you still need to keep like, you know, a part of like history with you and the environment, like you need to have a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah, and that that supports the yeah. argument for cyborg as yeah. opposed to straight up AI, because um, disembodied intelligence. What what does that look like? Like, we get into some weird conspiracy theory. <laughs> no thanks. I heard a Buddhist monk say one time that uh, if artificial, if it, computers ever became smart enough and processed information fast enough, that it might be possible for a soul to mistake that neural network if yeah. it's complex enough yeah. for a, a residence for somewhere to reside which it sounds to me in some ways like we are just this little monkey that is impatient as all get out and a lot of that has to do with my me mm-hmm. being impatient but uh, that we're just trying to shortcut all these things that nature's already figured out and does anyway like reincarnation yeah. which is what we're trying to do with artificial intelligence in some ways you know put ourselves into into robots people think that's a good idea mm-hmm. your consciousness can live for thousands of years yeah. like that would just would suck it's unless the, you get to be a cloud stat. somewhere yeah right if i'm going to live forever i better get to suck people's blood and cruise around like lestat mm-hmm. because why not so you watch black mirror why not no do i need to oh yeah Basically, it's about, um, it's all futuristic, it's all about all the conspiracy theories and where they think, you know, technology is taking us, Mm -hmm. and a lot of our fears that we have with it, and like, the show's about that coming true. So one of the episodes is like, uh, when someone dies, their consciousness is downloaded into a hard drive, and they live within the cloud forever, and your life is like a video game, basically. Like, you can control it whenever, however you want to, Mm -hmm. be wherever you want to, look however you want to. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so Black Mirror, Netflix. Yes, yes it's I will, very good. I will have to check that out. I love that stuff. Oh, man. Artificial intelligence. It's, um, it's a whole other thing. It's fascinating, though, that we still struggle so hard to figure out what intelligence is. Like, we think we know, but we have no real clue. Yeah. I mean, most people wander around, like you were saying earlier, that just have no clue of the wizardry yeah. that your great-great-grandparents would think you possessed yeah. from your phone. Yeah. You know, I could control things from the other side of the world. That's magic. That's magic if I've ever heard it. I, um, yeah, Egypt, you mentioned Egypt earlier, and they're talking now about how tuning forks could be a, used as a drill amplifier. Oh. This is one of the means for cutting all of this this stone 
which would set the records back. It would blow the paradigms out of the water again yeah. for what we could accomplish yeah. tech-wise. It would be unbelievable. Unbelievable. Which would be really fun. But <clears throat> conspiracy theories are, uh, are always fun. The uh, Ancient Alien series is kind of what kicked it off for me. Did, where'd you get into conspiracy theories? Which was your first? Oh, I don't know. JFK, I guess maybe? Aliens, probably. Hmm? Probably Aliens. I watched a lot of X-Files, my parents, when I was younger. Like, I grew up on that, so I've always, I've always been into that. I got you. I, um, I'm working on a new bit about how I have never seen a UFO, but I can tell you what one tastes like. Because <laughs> so I have looked for so long. And I... My grandmother, I got hooked when my grandmother told me that she had seen a UFO. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm in now. I trust her. Like, I, that's my grandmother, I believe. And I was hooked ever since then. And I still haven't seen a UFO, um, unfortunately. Have you? You ever seen one? Damn, I'm already I jealous that you have something. to think about it. Oh, I'm well, so jealous. You know, like, Gulf Breeze. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like one of the number one like UFO sighting capitals like in the world. That's why and I asked. A lot of video. I, alright, this is weird, and like, I wasn't dreaming or anything, but I remember mm -hmm. I still lived at my parents' house, I was in middle school, exactly, I went to bed early, so I was like a kid, and I had school the next day, I just remember waking up right at like 9, like 9.13, like, just out and I like woke up, and I walked straight to my window, we lived on the water, and I looked across Pensacola Bay, and I just saw this like, beam just like shooting up into the sky this blue beam and then it like spread out and like disappeared and I don't know why I was like gravitated to walk to the window and go see that but I saw that and I've never forgotten it ever so cool and then I remember also a few years later I remember everyone at school was talking about how like they're like oh do you see like the white like the the blue beam did anyone see the blue beam like every like a bunch of people saw it like years later but like I've never forgotten that very cool very very cool now I'm super jealous it could have been just like a government thing too, though. I don't know. Well, hey, I don't know, but still, it was just a weird, unnatural thing. That's really, really neat. Really neat. See, and there's stuff out there that we just don't know. We just don't know, and and that's what makes it so fascinating. Is that, uh, like you were saying earlier, you know, the the wise people in history have have always been kind enough to point out that we don't know shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so we keep we you know we keep trying. Because we, we don't know what to expect. Like, literally anything mm -hmm. can happen. So mm -hmm. always be prepared. Except for the and flat earth. always be earth. open. Yeah, always be open to anything. Except for the flat earth. We're past that. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's not. Yeah, I can't even. Where do these people come from? No. Uh, I've researched a lot of that, too. Like, that's just. I, yeah, I, just, I can't believe that some people are very strongly and passionately believe in that. It's mind-blowing. That, uh, that people can go along with it. But it's it's fascinating because it is part of a phenomenon that goes along with climate change mm -hmm. and, and this science denial that seems to be happening, which it's not even denial anymore. It's, well, there's other science, there's different science that says different alternative facts. And that's a reality now. And that's like, that's not, that's not what data's for. <laughs> and it blows my mind that there's so many people out there that just have no clue as to uh, how how bad it's gotten, like you you mentioned in passing, the that we're going to turn into robots because we're ingesting all this plastic. But I don't think most people realize how serious that is, mm -hmm. and, and and to what extent we are ingesting plastic. Like the oceans are dying yeah. because there is. They're no going plastic. first. It's because of us. It's like all the 
all of our waste, all of our runoff from crops and stuff, it all yeah. goes in the water. But like, that's the water we use too. That's why like they're being affected first, and then we're next. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's already affecting us too, but like it's affecting them even more. Like whales are dying, and when they die, that even further pollutes the water. That's just, it's scary. Well, I think whales are smarter than us. Do you do you study consciousness much at all? Do you, I, mean, um, I mean, we all think about shit. What do you, what do you think, I think about, about consciousness? I don't necessarily study yeah, it, and accounts. I don't. Once again, I don't know. I've well, never. I have you ever never had, had one a conversation of those with a whale, and I don't even know how to. I don't know. <laughs> what have you ever had? Pets, dogs, yes. cats. Yes. So have you ever had, felt like a special bond with with an animal? Like yeah, a, but I mean, I also feel it's just kind of like a habituation kind of thing. Yes. Yes. Comfort, That's like, oh, you feed me, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm cold, I'm gonna, like, curl up to you, I'm, mm-hmm. I don't, I can't find the words I'm trying to use, but I think you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I get it. it, that there's not, um, there's not a lot, a self there, there's yeah. not a, a higher consciousness. But there might be, well, I don't know, I just, I just, I don't know. One of the things that fascinates me about it in aquatic mammals in particular, when you mention whales, is all the research that's, that demonstrates, uh, and just video that's out there that demonstrates the, those creatures, um, playing with things you know have you seen the video of the dolphins playing you know swimming along mm-hmm. with toting a sea thing of seaweed like there's something going on there that's not just dumb meat oh i you think know? you know what i do think don't don't dolphins have a higher iq than humans Is i'd be that, willing to bet i think so i mean isn't that I, it something seems that, has, that was said once by some smart person i hope so when I think I, I remember so. hearing that. So if that's true, then yeah, I'm sure whales are smarter than us too. I hope they are. I I have uh, wanted that to be true ever since that uh, that Star Trek. There was a Star Trek movie where they saved some whales and brought them back to the future because the aliens spoke whale and not human. <laughs> like yes, cool. yes. All right. To tie in the alien conspiracy theory back to the whales. I enjoy thinking about stuff like that, though. What do you think about when, when you're getting into crazy stuff, like when you do thought experiments? What do you ponder? Anything fun? Literally everything we've just talked about. All much, that yeah. and it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> mm. I, um, I think it's all pretty fascinating. I think I have a cat right now, and so playing with my cat, I uh, am a worrier. And so my cat is more real than my cat because I get worked up about my cat long before I ever see my cat. Like I was driving home this morning. And so, and that's where I think a lot of people get confused about animals. That's where I confuse myself about, you know, I'm sitting in my car. There's, no, there's nothing I can do about this situation, but I'm going to get worked up and worry about whether or not my cat's okay. Like, come on, that's ridiculous. But I do. And somehow in this culture we have enough time to do stuff like that and yet consume conspiracy theories. And I wonder how we have gotten to the point where uh, where politics has become so ridiculous. It's just so ridiculous. And without talking about politics, what what are your thoughts on the, the state of humanity these days? Uh, are you, like are you most, terrified? Yeah, are I am, terrified? but I mean, I am. I feel like most people have lost their way. Um, and that's kind of, I, like, I don't get into politics, really. I just kind of, you know, I feel like there's no good side, except for maybe Bernie, maybe Bernie. But then again, I don't know him. I don't yeah. know. I might just be a face. You know, I might just be a mask. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I just don't get involved in politics. I 
honestly just think most of the world is awful. So I just live my own little bubble and, you know, I just try to be a kind person to everybody and, like, live my truth and enjoy my life while I'm still alive. Well, what's your truth? Just being myself. That's what I meant yeah. by that, yeah. I got you. When did you figure out who you were? Well. Comedy definitely helped. <laughs> comedy. When I started yeah. doing that, that's, I mean, it wasn't when I first started doing comedy. Once I'd been doing it for a while, I'd be like, and I feel like I'm, I feel like it's, it's just an ongoing process. I still feel like I'm still mm-hmm. learning who I am. Um, there's some days where I feel like, you know, I know myself very well and I know what I'm all about. And there's other days where I just feel completely lost. But I can't say, yeah, comedy has definitely helped me, like, question who I am and, like, define who I am. And, yeah. That's awesome. My take on it, uh, not to ask questions and not put myself on the spot too but truth love and peace being the name of the show that came about because um perspective is the the orientation for truth for me and so the only like to get to capital t truth you have to be able to see something from every possible perspective Mm -hmm. which is impossible as a human being to do but But that's the goal that's the journey that's basically what i was trying to say it's like it's important to put yourself in people's shoes yeah and that's what i am always constantly trying to do and, and that's one of the reasons that I like for these things to be so conversational is, uh, is so you can, one, so I can learn some stuff. That's the jealous, greedy part uh, of getting to do stuff like this. But two, so I can share it with other people and hopefully to set a good example of you can sit down with people and we haven't even, you know, outside of you commenting on not really wanting to talk about politics, we have sat here for a very long time and not yelled at each other at all over shit that didn't matter to anybody. We just need to talk about aliens more, <laughs> like, obviously. No, that's yeah. what we need. We need more aliens. And so whether or not we do or don't agree about any of that stuff, things this for me has become an opportunity to um, to just sit down and coerce with people, not coerce with people, converse with people and, uh, and in a not so coercive environment as Facebook, which is just... Social media, I think, is ruining people and uh, in some really horrible, horrible ways. It's yeah. this fog of anger that everybody seems to be rolling around in, especially mm. on social media these days. And I That's probably one of my biggest pet peeves. I can't stand when someone starts drama online. It's like, why won't you approach that person? Don't do it to where everyone can see it. Mm-hmm. And also, like, you... That's it's, it's something that you wouldn't actually say to someone's face. It's just yeah. like something that you want to say. It's like, oh, but I'm too scared to say it in person, so I'm going to passively aggressive like mm-hmm. say it online where other people can see it and get involved when it's not their business in the first place. Mm-hmm. And like, also, it's something that you can go back and delete and be like, oh, well, I didn't ever say that. It's not like you're not. It's not a real conversation, and it never will be. Right. Yeah. Right. Because there's there's so many parts of a real conversation that are just absent. You yeah. Know, the words are seven percent. Yeah. Of the message. Even sending an email, like you can just sit there and take your time, like think of everything you want to say. Which is fine because it's basically like, you know, writing a note to someone if you, and like, that. I guess that's fine too, but it's just, it's always better to have, you know, one-on-one conversation because you know, the way you write things or type things out, it can be like totally like misinterpreted always and mm-hmm. like, you'll really never know, you'll never really see eye to eye with someone completely ever, but like the only way that you can actually get close to that is like having a real conversation. Yeah. Yeah. In person. And I think as we're learning more and more about vibration and, and uh, guys like Paul Ekman and, and uh, things like yoga are, are helping and meditation and a lot of these ancient philosophies and studies and practices that are coming back around are helping 
people understand exactly how important what you're saying is. Mm -hmm. That that being present creates an energy mm -hmm. that is different than the hostility. Ooh, good job. Thanks. Uh, that that people just throw at each other online, and um, I, I it's a it's a case study for me because I go back and forth as someone who struggles with anger issues mm -hmm. um, to to balance my want to sharpen the blades and, and stay rhetorically savvy and, and witty uh, and, uh, and not be a total asshole and to not come, come from a, a bad place. You know, that's one of the reasons my life motto is the truth, love, and peace thing because if I can get back to that, then no matter how ridiculous uh, an argument somebody might think I'm making, if, it, if it's on solid ground, you know, from somewhere that's that's been well vetted, then then that's okay. And I feel like a lot of people don't do a lot of genuflection. I um. Hey. Hey, Kendall. I'm about to piss myself. So. Well, you go go piss yourself, and then you can come back and be a guest. Yeah, that went right. out live on You Facebook. gotta take a shit. That's why you're using the upstairs bathroom. Boom. Me, I swear to God, it's a pee. Gotcha. All right. The mic will tell all. Then why can't she use the downstairs bathroom? <laughs> Cotter. I totally forgot where I was going. I was going to say, um, how do you, or have you noticed, or how have you noticed, um, I guess just the, the toxicity of, of these people's lack of information in some of these arguments and the, the willingness to make these arguments emotional and not, uh, not informational. How, how have, have you seen that affecting people? Or have you seen it affecting people? Can you say that again? Yeah, uh, basically, um, what examples have you seen of people's rush to emotion over facts uh, evidence? What evidence have you seen of that in, in your day-to-day? -day? Like, I see it in Facebook and, like, when I get angry and when I try not to, and this is where I was going, you know, when I try and use that as a, yeah. an example of how not to behave and try and learn from it. Well, like just with anything else, even if it's like a you know one-on-one -on -one conversation in person, even if it's anything online, you shouldn't think in any situation. Never jump to conclusions. Mm -hmm. Don't get all emotional about it once. You need kind of like, like that's why meditation is important. You just need to kind of like you know take a step back. You know assess like the situation you're in and find the best possible outcome mm -hmm. to settle it. I guess yeah. I've found that everybody has some form of meditative practice. Mm -hmm. Would. What's your meditation practice? Mine is walking down the beach and, and thinking Mine, about stuff. Mine's a little dirty. Um, no, that's uh, quite all right. That's quite all right. Um, I feel like mine's music probably. That's yeah. meditative for me. Like anytime, like I'm stressed out or feeling down. Anytime I like pick up a guitar, like I'll end up just sitting there for like hours playing, and mm. then like. That way, it's a distraction. That's what it is for me. It's a distraction. I'm not having to think about the bad things I'm thinking about, or like I'm not, you know, I'm letting go of that stress that I hold on to. Because you mentioned you have anger issues. I have stress issues mm -hmm. that I don't talk about too often, but I like will break out like in rashes. Like I get really stressed out sometimes, and I think that's comes from like my mother because she's the same way. But um, uh, yeah, I guess music. That's the one main thing that I go to. Yeah, that's awesome. I think. Uh, there are forms of meditation that I cannot do well, like mm -hmm. uh, like the traditional uh, sitting still. And, I can't do that either because I get way too in my own head, and I've been told that you're supposed to just you know fight through that and get past that part of it. Yeah. I well, I sometimes I go into full blown like panic attacks like doing that because yeah. I think 
like my mind just gets dark really quickly and like it scares me i get scared and like that form of meditation doesn't work for me i need to be like on my guitar like singing like all right like get all the bad thoughts out to replace them with lyrics instead i um it sounds like you may be like me in that the wheels turn really really quickly and they like to be uh the i've been well trained by the the social media and modern media and to sound bites quick repetition Mm -hmm. Uh, i I know because that's the biology like all of that is programmed to to ring our bells because they know that that's how the biology works and i um totally forgot where i was going with that but it blows my mind that more and more people don't realize that uh, because it's just so easy to watch these bells get rung sometimes and then watch these people freak out and you just have to wonder what in the world do you think you're actually going to accomplish and I th- maybe that's where I was going earlier is have you f- seen any instances where that ends up being beneficial uh, where, where people can take that step back or that people learn from it even uh, I don't know if you've seen that but I on the meditation thing the what I enjoy is distracting myself as much as possible so I'll have a set of meditation balls and bodying balls in one hand I'll have a molly in the other hand and I'll be walking down the beach mm-hmm. because it takes all of that to distract and for me to just relax and and sometimes once I get into a more relaxed state then it takes less but sometimes it takes a lot to counter the fire hydrant worth of information that I've gotten used to taking in. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't know how that relates exactly to playing guitar, but I imagine having those those physical distractions mm-hmm. helps a great deal. Do you just yeah. write songs when you do that? Um, no, I mean I do covers and stuff, or all yeah. just you know guitar noodle, like you no know, play whatever, or um, I guess that's me attempting like mm-hmm. write a song. But I also think like not only is it distracting, but it's also like I had that satisfaction of being like, oh, like you know, I'm working on a skill and getting better at it, and like I'm doing something good with myself. Repetition, yeah, the mother of all skills. That's awesome. I um, martial arts was that for me. That, that would be the the only way I could identify because even when I as a musician, I never took that kind of pleasure in it. Uh, unfortunately. But do you, do you still play? Anything? Yeah, I play okay. brass. Okay. I just don't. I don't practice enough. I, I mm-hmm. focus more on podcasts and other yeah. things. But I mean, you still got that's like me with pottery. Yeah. Like I know I still got it. I just need. I need to make the time for it. Yeah. And like you can still do that too. We just need to make the time for it. So yeah. I'll text bitch. you like, hey, go go play something <laughs> Yeah, go go, go make a pot. <laughs> yeah, pick up the trumpet. I would love to learn pottery though. Do you? Uh, do you have a wheel? That you, I do. Like, throw and all that good stuff. I. Not trying to brag or anything. Yeah, I used to be really good at it. Like I used to like, I'm, like I said, I made water fountains. And yeah, I, I would that's... sell them for like hundred fifty dollars a piece. Like, dude, you could do a workshop. I know. I would come I've, to your workshop. You know what? I've always wanted to. Like my grandparents, like they loved all my work because I, you know, would give them. I would give them away my pottery's gifts all the time. Like if it was someone's birthday and I forgot, I'd just like reach to my cabinet and grab a mug I made. Like, oh, here you go. We all remembered it was your birthday, especially <laughs> me. Not. Um, but yeah, that's something I definitely want to do in the future for sure. I'd like to fun. teach people art. I'd like to teach people music. That'd actually be my dream job. Basically, I don't want to work some lame ass job. I want to literally just, this is me living my truth, do comedy, yeah. music, and pottery. That is all I want to do for the rest of my life. There yeah. you go. And be around dogs. Well, I got faith you can pull it in. I mean, you're I think so it too. I you feel like this. I'm slowly getting there. Yeah. yeah. 
My, uh, my friend told me, uh, congratulations, now prepare to not have anything. Uh, you'll be happy, but you won't have anything. Mm -hmm. And this was uh, a wise old singer-songwriter who was as accomplished as they come. He said, uh, as long as you're comfortable with, with that and remember that it was getting people to laugh that made you happy, then you'll be okay. So that if I had, I don't know if, if you would agree with that sentiment or not, but it seemed to resonate with me, so I felt like sharing it. But uh, yeah, Rock Kilo, love you, dude. <laughs> um, what do you, what do you want to talk about? What else are you into? Um, and if we need to, we can we can head downstairs. I don't, are you hosting we? tonight? No, I'm not. But I do need to kind of write my material down. You do? How much time do you want? We can we it can always revisit it's this. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap, wrap it up. It up? Right. Let's go ahead. And since I have. I've regretted not getting people to commit already. Are you you good for coming back for this? You ready for round two? Yeah, I'd love to. Tell That's everybody fun. what we're going to talk about in round two. Round two, you we're going to talk about fruit baskets. I'm looking at one right now. We're going to talk about fountains more. This uh, is Tony's Tony's artwork. We'll talk about... Uh, That's not Tony's. No, uh, he just said that last week. Oh, Jay Galini, I didn't, I didn't and watch I that one. touched your painting. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be rude. I was like, that is definitely not Tony. <laughs> <laughs> he can't paint at Tony all. Tony can't paint. Shit. He's not an artist. <laughs> so, I think uh, we'll see if the f that's 45 minutes that it says YouTube's been running. We'll see if any of that uploaded. Facebook looks like it hung on. Thanks cool. for joining us. Uh, plug time. Thanks for having me. Uh, plug everything we got. Back Porch Comedy. Open Mic Tuesdays. 9.30. Uh, yeah, sign up's at 8.30, 9 o'clock. Mm -hmm. um, that's every Tuesday. And then it starts at 9.30. Mm -hmm. And then every uh, Friday we had book shows with uh, either local or touring comics. And that is every Friday also at 9.30. Mm -hmm. It's usually free. If it's a bigger um, name coming through, we usually charge uh, between 5 and $10. Uh, once a month we have a show at Chizuko, which is uh, free for right now, um, once a month. And then the Olive Drop, we have open mic every Tuesday. Monday. Uh, Every, sorry, every Monday mm -hmm. at mm -hmm. uh, sign up to 8, it starts at 8.30, and then they have shows there every other Saturday that are also free. Um, basically, Did add Back cool. Comedy on um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of that, and then you can see all the details for all the events that we have. Yeah. Hey, yo, yeah, yeah. And um, truthloveandpeace.com, if you want to check out the website, it's on iTunes. This is episode some odd number. That's Olivia Cersei. Um, if you're looking for other good content, uh, we talked about Graham Hancock. Uh, we talked about some some cool YouTube conspiracy theory stuff. But um, I think uh, the only other person I would want to plug would be, oh, the Mobile comedy scene, uh, whatever comedy, mm -hmm. and those guys do an open mic at the Blind Mule on Wednesdays. Definitely check that out. And uh, check out YouTube, Joey Livingston, and NCG wow. Studios. So, all that being okay. said, if you're still there, YouTube, we love you. Truth, love, and peace. Signing out. Close YouTube live stream. Goodbye. And for those of you listening on the download, see you next time. Truth, love, and peace. <laughs>